Hi, everyone, and welcome to season two of the Wolf Sports Show. This is Dave Chapine, your host. The 2022 NFL season kicks off tonight, finally, with the Bills and the Rams playing. For this first episode of the season, I'm going to run down sort of the power rankings quickly, where I see teams standing entering the year. And at the end of the show, I'll give my Super Bowl pick and my MVP pick and other awards for the season. Before we get to the power rankings, I just wanted to say it would be nice to get guests, nice guests on the show. I'm sure you guys would enjoy that too, to have quality guests. Unfortunately, we're just major outsiders, and I think how we think for ourselves don't fall into groupthink. I think a lot of people might not like that. Sports media isn't really in a good spot for the most part. It's very saturated. So again, it'd be nice if we could get guests. Most people don't like to connect with um, outsiders like us. With that said, while having guests would be great if they're awesome guests, we don't need it. Our track record speaks for itself, and we'll just try to provide the best analysis possible. And we recommend just checking out wolfsports.com. And if you've been following, you know our track record is, especially in the real NFL draft, is totally unmatched in media. And our fantasy stuff is excellent too. And definitely among the best. And again, we don't fall into groupthink. So that helps you get an edge in fantasy-wise. And sports betting, we're over 55% all the time, so... And we don't like talking about ourselves, hyping ourselves up, but no one else is going to do it. So, all right, let's get to the power rankings. Uh, I might go kind of quick because I hit on most teams in my season preview and predictions, which were published yesterday on wolfsports.com. But number one, the Bills, Super Bowl favorites. We've been in on Josh Allen since he was at Wyoming, and he's just developed into such an outstanding quarterback. If he is even close to how good he was last postseason when he had nine touchdowns in two games, the Bills are going to be tough to stop on offense. Look for Gabe Davis to step up into more of a full-time role after he caught four touchdowns, a NFL record in the divisional round last January. And Buffalo is obviously determined with how their season ended last year. And so they come in at number one in the power rankings. Number two, the Bucks. Not much needs to be said about why I'm high on them. I mean, Tom Brady's their quarterback. They have an awesome defense. They lose Bruce Arians, head coach, but Todd Bowles, really he didn't have much of a shot with the Jets. Uh, nobody's really won with the Jets in a while now. And they still have Byron Leftwich at offensive coordinator. And, of course, Brady running the show at quarterback. The concern with them is the health of the offensive line, the interior offensive line. But I believe Brady can help them overcome that, and I like the way he's hyping his guys up, telling them that a lot of people are downing them. Now what are you going to do about it? And we're going to see if they can prove people wrong. And in the divisional round last year, I thought the officiating was just flat-out awful in their game against the Rams. I remember the early, like, Brady got called for personal foul, like, or whatever it was, the first time in his career I think and yeah I mean they battled back but lost in the end to LA the eventual champs who come in at number three 
the concern has been for them, Matthew Stafford's elbow, but it appears he's actually 100% or close to it heading into tonight, which is good to hear. Defense has star power, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd's underrated. Now they have Bobby Wagner at linebacker. So yeah, they, they come in at number three and I have them as a clear NFC West favorites, despite the Niners. Um, We'll get to them later. They have a ton of upside and the Cardinals are exciting too. They also have a lot of upside at number four, the Bengals. I didn't get to talk about this on the podcast. Uh, we ended before the Super Bowl, had no post-Super Bowl show. But yeah, I've not been alone in this, thinking that holding call against Logan Wilson was just terrible at the end of the game. And who knows what would happen, but I think they had a good shot to win if that was not called. Really good shot to win. So they're no doubt determined. They have one of the league's most underrated defenses. And now with the improvements to the offensive line, including Lyle Collins. I expect Joe Mixon to run wild often, and then Joe Burrow is going to get better protection after his beat up last year. So they're a scary team for sure. With Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Burrow throwing to them and Mixon running the ball. And Super Bowl hangovers are possible for both the Rams and the Bengals, but I think they'll, I don't think they'll fall victim to that. Number five, the Packers. The defense has really high expectations, added Quay Walker and Devontae White in the first round of the draft to go along with the group that's going to have a healthy Jair Alexander at corner. who He's one of the best players at his position. And then for the Green Bay offense, it'll be really interesting to see how they look under Matt LaFleur without Devontae Adams in the mix. Expect a lot of Aaron Jones, who I drafted on my fantasy team in the Second round, I hope he's good. And A.J. Dillon, actually got them both on my team. I hope they're both utilized as receiving options too. They've talked up A.J. Dillon's receiving ability this summer. And Jones, we know what he can do in space too, in addition to running the ball. The Chargers I have at number six. This might be too high. They're up there for their upside. The talent is just crazy on both sides of the ball. Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack now. J.C. Jackson, who they signed in free agency, Asante Samuel Jr. at corner. Justin Herbert, who was just had a crazy good first two years. Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer's emerging. Added Gerald Everett. Offensive line's even stronger. My concern is the analytics they did last year was just insane to me. I think they're so talented they can't rely so heavily on the analytics and Brandon Staley hopefully lets the talent take over. doesn't force the issue too much with analytics because I think that can hurt them. And we'll see what happens with that. Chiefs come in behind them at number seven. People might be sleeping on them a little bit. They got rid of Tyreek Hill. I'm not too worried about that, honestly. They still have Travis Kelsey. And Hill, you could see last year, issues were sort of creeping up with him on the field issues he wanted the ball i guess more and i like what they added with marcus valdez scantling at receiver juju smith schuster at receiver to join michael hardman and they got sky more in the second round and Mahomes has made it clear reed has made it clear they're going to spread the ball around they might run the ball more this year 
and it might make it more difficult as talented as Mahomes is for defenses to try to figure out a way to stop their offense. And it might come down to the defense holding up, especially in January against tough opponents. The offense bailed them out last year in the 13 second comeback against the bills. And the defense does often step up. Steve Spagnuolo, one of the best coordinators in the league for a long time. The thing about the chiefs, the schedule is really tough. It's like 14 of their 17 opponents either made the playoffs last year or were the Chargers, they play them twice, or the Colts, who just missed the playoffs. So that's a tough schedule for the Chiefs, and that's their biggest concern to me. Number eight, the Eagles. If you follow along on Wolf Sports, you I don't need to say much here. I'm extremely high on what they did in the offseason. And I really, I think they're reading Wolf Sports stuff. We sent a couple of letters to them in the past couple of years. And the moves this offseason, it's like seven or eight of them, however many, like A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick, the first three draft picks, James Bradbury, and then Trey Sermon at running back, uh, waiver claim. It's like all stuff we've recommended publicly and just it's kind of crazy. I don't know. Maybe they're maybe it's a huge coincidence, but it seems as though they are reading our stuff because we uh, sent our NFL draft track record and it's really it shouldn't be ignored. And who knows if they're following it, they didn't ignore it then. Ultimately, for the Eagles, it'll probably come down to how Jalen Hurts plays. If he can continue to make some strides as a passer, the upside's immense. Number nine, the Raiders. We mentioned Devontae Adams. Now he's playing with his former college teammate, Derek Carr. They put up huge numbers at Fresno State. The receiving trio of Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller is, is going to be tough to stop with Josh McDaniel scheming things up. And the defense has concerns, but Max Crosby and now Chandler Jones coming off the edge. I don't think the Raiders will mind if they're in a bunch of shootouts and can have them tee off at the quarterback. And if they can build leads, that'd be good playing from ahead with those two. So expectations are definitely high for Vegas. Number 10, the Cowboys. They traded away Amari Cooper and people have been criticizing them a lot over the summer because the re receiving core has been banged up. However, CD Lamb should take a step to being like a alpha number one receiver. That's almost impossible to stop. And Michael Gallup appears coming off the torn ACL that he'll be ready early in the season after he wasn't placed on IR or anything. Dak Prescott is excellent, and he's really confident no matter who's out there at receiver. And the defense can just be scary good. Dan Quinn is back for another year after he could have taken a head coaching job, but he's back as Dallas's defensive coordinator. And Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs and everyone, Lawrence, they have a ton of upside and really can carry them if necessary. That probably won't be necessary. They should be a balanced team with Dak Prescott leading the offense. And Dak's playing style can hopefully overcome any potential issues on the offensive line. And I expect a motivated Ezekiel Elliott to have a sort of a bounce back season after he played with the torn PCL for much of 2021 at 11 Titans. It's pretty simple. I think they're going to feed Derrick Henry the ball. 
and it's a matter of trying to contain him for four quarters, especially late in the season when the weather's cold. Not an easy task. They had the number one seed in the IFC last year. Mike Vrabel has proven to be a very good coach. The defense should be among the NFL's best. Roger McCreary out of Auburn, second-round pick, could develop into a shutdown corner quickly. He earned a starting role in camp. Traylon Burks, the first-round pick at receiver. There was a lot of talk about him this summer. Negative talk, but I think he's ready to go and can be an immediate factor. I don't think Variable was happy with trading away A.J. Brown. That didn't make sense to me at all, trading him away for, I think they maybe could have got more than they did, first of all. Second of all, they want to win a Super Bowl like this year, like Derrick Henry is. I mean, I think Derrick Henry has a few years left to play at an elite level, but still you want to take advantage of his prime years, and trading away Brown was questionable to me. Number 12, the Colts. Their big trade was not questionable at all getting Matt Ryan from the Falcons after Atlanta was in on Deshaun Watson, which kind of understandably Ryan didn't like. So now he lands with a Colts team that Carson Wentz didn't play awful last season, but he had some key mistakes and Indy could certainly vault into Super Bowl contention with Ryan at quarterback now. And I've said this before, Jonathan Taylor and also Naheem Hines, who they said they're going to get more involved this year. They were open often underneath, and sometimes Wentz tried to do too much and force it down the field. Look for Ryan. He's going to take what the defense gives him. And Taylor and Hines to be heavily involved as receivers too, in addition to Taylor, the league-leading rusher last year, doing a ton of damage on the ground. 13th, the Niners comes down to Trey Lance, really. I was concerned about them. Probably would have picked them to miss the playoffs in what's a tough league right now. But the fact that San Francisco kept Jimmy Garoppolo makes me more optimistic. Kyle Shanahan isn't going to be afraid to go to Jimmy G like if they need to. That said, the schedule doesn't look too difficult on paper early in the season. The problem with Lance is he's a bit raw. He didn't hasn't played much football at all since... His final season at North Dakota State was wiped out because of COVID, basically. He played the one game. So it's it's like uh, he's learning on the fly here in live action now. And the defense under D'Amico Ryans is, should be a top-five group. They're going to be tough to score on, I would think. And with all the playmakers on offense, Lance shouldn't have to do too much. So hopefully he can be eased in and come comfortable and play at a high level. But again, if not, they have Jimmy G ready to go and Garoppolo is so underrated. It's insane. I don't know why I got so many haters. 14, the Ravens, they could definitely be higher than this. I have them just missing the playoffs. Lamar Jackson is motivated looking for a huge contract. The concern last year, they were injured just so much. And sometimes teams just have bad injury luck that stretches seasons. So in a really crowded AFC, that's what leaves them out of the playoffs for me. But they come in at number 14 initially in the power rankings. I like their signing of Marcus Williams at safety in particular during the offseason, and they had one of the best drafts, I would think, too, as they usually do. 15, the Broncos added Russell Wilson at quarterback. So, I mean, it's championship or bust almost for them. I'm not quite as high on the receiving group as others are. 
but we'll see. Wilson can certainly elevate guys around him, including Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler is really exciting talent at receiver coming off a torn ACL. And the defense, Patrick Sertan, the second, he uh, is quickly becoming one of the best corners in the league and a shutdown type of guy. 16, the Patriots. I have them low in the power rankings after a, sort of a shaky summer. The offense is trying to find a groove. Belichick basically admits that early in the season can in some ways be treated as a preseason as they figure things out. Ultimately, I think the defense will be... Ultimately, I'm really on the defense. And I think year two of Mac Jones with uh, Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith also in their second year in the system and Kendrick Bourne, although Bourne did play well last year. Aguilar did too, but his role was kind of diminished. Same with Smith. Look for them to do more. And they also added Devontae Parker at receiver in a trade from the Dolphins. I think Jones and the offense will figure it out. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Ty Montgomery at running back is a really good trio. People are down on New England entering the year, but I, I think Belichick and company will figure it out. 17, the Dolphins. The offense is speed all over the place. They had a Tyree kill in a trade. They have Jalen Waddle, who caught over 100 passes last year as a rookie. Added Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert at running back. And Tua is looking to prove the doubters wrong, which I think he can do. He's a very accurate passer, throws with good timing, and having all this talent around him, he's in a position to have success. That said, they're in a tough division. Week one against the Patriots should be a good matchup immediately. And we'll see how the defense, especially the front seven, can fare this season after going from defensive-minded head coach Brian Flores to Mike McDaniel at head coach. 18, the Steelers have them just narrowly missing the playoffs. And again, the AFC is just insanely stacked. But I think they'll be like 9-8, and 10-7 and seven around there. Above 500 again under Mike Tomlin. He just doesn't finish below 500. It's good to see Mitch Trubisky get another shot as a starting quarterback after, I mean, he won games in Chicago, which no one else has really done recently. They have Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fairmuth, and George Pickens. He looks like a major steal. I thought he definitely should have been a first-round pick coming out of Georgia. I guess he had somewhat of a red flag uh, with character, but he's been all good, it seems like, um, since he's got to Pittsburgh. And if Mike Tomlin handled Antonio Brown all these years, uh, I think Pickens will be just fine. We just have to see how the offensive line plays. For the Steelers, they've struggled, but we'll see if they can come together and be an above-average unit to help the Steelers get in the postseason. The defense definitely had some struggles last season, including the Thursday night was, for their standards, embarrassing performance against Dalvin Cook and company. But they're a proud group and veteran group. TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Micah Fitzpatrick. I think they could become one of the best in the league again. In 2022, 19, the Vikings, they're a trendy uh, dark horse type of Super Bowl pick. I've seen some Kirk Cousins MVP picks. He's another quarterback loaded with talent with Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, KJ Osborne. But I'm actually excited about the defense. 
Daniel Hunter is maybe the most underrated player in the league coming off the edge. They added Zadarius Smith from the division rival Packers. Patrick Peterson still there. Drafted Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson at corner. Harrison Smith. They're another team that were tough to leave out of the playoffs. Actually, this the next three in the power rankings, including them, them, Saints, and Cardinals. I have them all just missing, but it wouldn't be shocking if they all made deep playoff runs. And then number 20, the Saints. James Winston healthy coming off the torn ACL. Michael Thomas appears healthy uh, for the most part. He's actually uncertain for week one again, but he sounds determined to get back to form this year. Defense, surprisingly, they traded away Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles, but they added Tyron Matthew. Overall, the defense under Dennis Allen should be just fine. The thing to watch is the offense with John Payton no longer there. And the Cardinals at 21, I have them. Again, the upside is very high for them. They could be higher than this. Kyler Murray got paid. There was the fiasco with the contract being made public. He seems like somebody that's motivated, and he could have a monstrous year. My concern is they've basically gotten off to good starts and then collapsed late in seasons, and now they have, I mean, I'm going to enjoy watching HBO's Hard Knocks in season, the second year of it. Last year was the Colts. So they have that to deal with in the second half when they've struggled. So that's kind of tough. And they do have some veteran players like J.J. Watt, Zach Ertz. So they have to stay healthy this year. 22, the Lions, I have them making the playoffs, even though they're 22 in the initial power rankings. Sticking with hard knocks, it was a one of the best seasons, definitely, I can remember. Getting an inside look at Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes, and everyone, and all the players. You could tell by the players' almost cheerful and grateful attitudes after being cut that it's a good spot and they're bringing the right people in, the organization player-wise, and in the locker room. If you've listened to this and been on wolfsports.com, you know we're really high on Jared Goff. He's playing behind one of the league's best offensive lines. They upgraded the weapons around him with TJ Chark. Jameson Williams, who should be ready late in the season, coming off the torn ACL last year at Alabama. And we know they're going to compete every single week. 23 Jaguars, they added... Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson after Urban Meyer was fired midseason last year in what was just turned into a circus, really. The final game for Lawrence last year in their upset win over the Colts to keep them out of the playoffs was extremely promising. He can make a massive year two leap under Peterson. They have Lawrence's uh, college teammate Travis Etienne at running back. He's He has mind-blowing explosiveness. And he should be breaking a ton of big plays this season. Added Christian Kirk. The contract was surprising. They got him at receiver. Along with Zay Jones, they added two during free agency. And Marvin Jones still there. Evan Ingram, they added tight end to go with Dan Arnold. So they definitely upgraded the players around Lawrence. And we'll see if that side of the ball and the defense with Josh Allen can both take steps forward and surprise contend this year. 24, the Panthers. They added Baker Mayfield, and they got him at the perfect time because he's the type of guy that plays better when a chip's on his shoulder. And him facing the Browns week one, that's going to be really exciting. Year three of Matt Rule, again, I think he's a program builder, and they just need patience. 
it might come this year. If not, he might be on the way out. Again, I think patience is needed for him, which doesn't always happen in the NFL. The defense last year showed legit flashes of being a potential perennial top five unit considering their youth. So the division stuff with the Bucks, Saints, I wouldn't count out the Panthers sneaking into the playoff mix this year. Sticking in the division, I could say the same for the Falcons. I think they need a little more juice, especially on defense. But Marcus Mariota, you could just tell by watching the preseason, he's extremely motivated. Former number two pick had to be a backup the past couple of years. Really the past two plus years um, when he was benched with the Titans. He's going to be running around. I mean, he's going to put his body in line. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But he's going to try to do what it takes to move the offense and win games. He has Kyle Pitts, who's a unicorn at tight end to throw to. Cordero Patterson was utilized in a great way by Arthur Smith last year. They had a Drake London with their eighth overall pick in the draft. Keep an eye on Damian Williams at running back. Somebody who I think should have been Super Bowl MVP a few seasons ago. Again, not sure how the defense is going to hold up, but they should compete and probably won't be an easy win for teams this season. 26, the Commanders. Chase Young is out to start the season because of the torn ACL from last year. So when they get him back, that'll be a big boost. Also, Brian Robson Jr., third-round pick running back out of Alabama. He had the very just unfortunate situation, but fortunate in that. He avoided extremely serious long-term injury after getting shot twice in Washington, D.C., which is just just terrible. He'll be a boost whenever he's back, which might be as early as week five. Jahan Dotson, people laughed at the pick. Um, I think those people will probably look like idiots eventually. He was taken 15th overall. I don't know why people didn't like him. I mean, he's just an awesome receiver. Exceptional hands, good route running, can win at all three levels. So him across from Terry McLaurin. Carson Wentz should have open receivers, and it's probably going to come down to him. And it's likely going to come down to him not doing too much and not turning the ball over in key situations. 27, staying in the NFC East, the Giants. Saquon Barkley is another highly motivated player this season. He wants to run over people and get back to who he was and even better than he was before injury struck the past couple of seasons. They added Evan Neal to play right tackle. And with him and Andrew Thomas leading the line, they can be they can open some lanes for Barkley to get going and should hopefully protect Daniel Jones. The receiving core is uh interesting. We'll see how much production they can get there, and from tight end position, they might funnel a lot through Barkley. And the defense, they could be pretty stout up front. They had to release James Bradbury because of uh, the cap situation. Kayvon Thibodeau coming off the edge. He needs to be a big boost for the Giants in year one if they're going to compete for a playoff spot. 28, the Browns. I don't think anyone is happy with how they handled the Deshaun Watson situation and giving him that massive contract and just not a good situation he's out watson is for 12 games 
We'll see if the Browns can stay in contention while he's out with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Expect them to run the ball a ton with Nick Chubb and also Kareem Hunt. And the defense is very talented and they'll look to keep them in games too, along with the run game. 29, the Seahawks, they'll have a similar formula really all season in trying to run the ball with Rashad Penny. Hopefully Ken Walker is healthy soon coming off the hernia type injury. That's sort of mysterious. I wouldn't sleep on Travis Homer and DJ Dallas also doing some damage out of the backfield. They kept DK Metcalf, signed him to a contract extension. They have him and Lockett on the outside, still added Noah Fant at tight end in the Russell Wilson trade. The defense has exciting upside. I think Geno Smith can play well and keep them in games if the defense can emerge and the run game can really keep it close. Some, I guess, think they'll definitely be a laughing stock and get the number one pick. Maybe that'll be the case. I, uh, I think they can push teams every week, though. I don't think they'll be like a terrible team. Number 30, the Texans. Lovey Smith, now the head coach. The franchise is really high on Davis Mills at quarterback. They committed to him fully this offseason as a starter. Showed a lot as a rookie last season. He has Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins at third two, and now Damian Pierce. The fourth-round pick out of Florida. He didn't get a heavy workload with the Gators. It was still easy to see his potential as a hard runner. He's locked in as a starting running back. He could get 300 touches as a rookie this season. And the defense, we'll see if Lovey Smith can help them take a step forward. He was the defense coordinator before getting the head coach job. They weren't that great. They added Derek Stingley Jr. with the third overall pick at corner. Having a potential shutdown guy that can follow receivers around on the island could be huge. Number 31, the Jets. Zach Wilson is out for at least the first three weeks because of his knee injury. Joe Flacco is immediately going to face his former Ravens team. This week, the receivers, they... And the team in general seems to at least look at Flacco as like a legend. He's a former Super Bowl MVP, led up in the playoffs, played well last season, throws a really good ball, according to the players, in practice. It almost at times sounds like they prefer him as a starter. And it's surprising Wilson ruled out for the first three weeks when it sounded like he might have a shot to play week one. If the Jets are winning games with Flacco, I wouldn't be shocked if they just stick with him until they lose games. Keep an eye on Elijah Moore as a potential breakout player in his second season after he lit it up at the end of last year when he was healthy. And finally, 32, the Bears. Justin Fields might be able to be enough of a playmaker that he can help keep his team in games and make plays and move the ball. I'm just concerned about the offensive line. Defense could be better than expected. Rokon Smith is now sticking around after he won a new contract and negotiations didn't go well, and he did a hold-in. Overall, they play in a tough division, I think, with the Vikings and Lions. I'm expecting to compete for playoff spots, and then the Packers, of course. And if defenses are able to get pressure on fields, it could be a long year for the Bears. Now, quickly for my playoff picks, I'll go each conference just quick, run down one through seven playoff teams. I already mentioned who has been tough to leave out of the playoffs, but in the AFC... One seed Bills, two seed Bengals, 
three seed Chiefs, four seed Colts, so that's the four division winners. And then as the wild cards, Chargers, Patriots, and Titans. And then the NFC, I think one seed Bucks, if they can overcome the offensive line issues. Then Packers, two, Eagles, three, Rams, four. And the three wild cards, Cowboys, Niners, and Lions. So we'll see what happens. It's a tough year. I think with how deep the league is, it seems to get deeper every year. Last season, I hit on five of seven playoff teams from each conference in the preseason predictions. We'll see if we can top that this season. The award picks, I have Josh Allen as the MVP. I don't think I need to explain much. Uh, he's surrounded by a good supporting cast, and including the offensive line. And I think the thing with him, it seems the media... I thought he should have won MVP two years ago, without question. Nothing against Aaron Rodgers, but I just thought Allen should have been the MVP when he totally exploded two years ago. But the media respects him now, and I don't think they did before. Could lead to more votes, and he could finally win an MVP when he was also in contention last year. Offensive Player of the Year, Derek Henry, I think he has a shot at another 2,000-yard campaign, which would be just insane. Defensive Player of the Year, Michael Parsons, plenty of candidates here too. I just think Parsons is just a scary player and he can wreck games maybe unlike anyone else. Offensive Rookie of the Year already touched on Damian Pierce, potential workload. He's my pick there, Texans running back. If Kenny Pickett was starting, I would say him, but Trubisky might keep that job for a while. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson, and Coach of the Year, Dan Campbell of the Lions. If the Lions make the playoffs, I'd say good chance both those things happen. Hutchinson, you could see he's legit on hard knocks, the way the coaches talk about him, and he could immediately push for like 10 to 12 sacks, I think for sure. And then finally, Super Bowl 57 pick. Last year, I picked the Bucks over the Bills in the preseason. The playoffs last year were so tight, it easily could have been that if a couple of things went a different way. This year, I have the opposite, Bills over Bucks. It's so hard to pick Tom Brady to get to the Super Bowl and lose it. I just think it might be the year for Buffalo, finally, and Josh Allen to use last January as motivation and to get over the hump and win it all. Von Miller could be a factor in getting them over the edge. He's had some success against Tom Brady in his career. The regular season matchup between the two teams last year was a thriller overtime win for the Bucks on Prashad Perriman. Uh, long catching around touchdown in overtime. I would expect uh, if this is the Super Bowl matchup for it to be awesome and just going right down the wire like that game last year did. So we'll see what happens. Super Bowl picks are really, they could be crazy this year. I've seen a lot of bills actually. Again, everyone seems to be on board in the media now, but you could pick almost 10 deep in each conference almost really, or at least several deep. Again, teams like the Vikings, Saints that have left out of my playoff picks. And I'll say my secondary, I guess, type of picks, teams I considered, really the Eagles were the big one. If they can avoid the Bucks, I think, in the postseason, I don't think they would match up well against them. But if they can avoid the Bucks, I think they can represent the NFC. I think they're that talented of a roster. But again, we haven't seen these teams play yet. We'll see what happens when they actually hit the field. And then the Bengals from the AFC, I like what they did on the offensive line. And the Chargers, again, the talent is really intriguing. And we'll see if the analytics can stay out of the way for them. So yeah, that'll do it. Um, not much of a week one preview this week. 
but we'll look at a week two and recap things a little bit on next week's episode. So what there, thank you for listening to the first episode of the second season of the Wolf Sports Show. Enjoy tonight and enjoy the games this weekend.